to the next edition of the FCC podcast. And host Kirk Swanner joining me today as uh, the coach everyone loves to hate, Mr. Evan Haig. How you doing, sir? Doing good, Kirk. Good to hear. We get a podcast in our true Kirk phone style, so it's going to be good. Uh, yeah, thanks, Evan, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so thanks for joining us today. Let's go through real quick. We're in the beginning of the semester, so let's just go through some housekeeping items that everyone should know if they don't already know. So, first up, process. You want to walk us through that one? Yeah, so everybody should have received um, an email from Kerry O'Malley with instructions for the new USA Rugby Rugby Explorer system. Uh, there is a lot of information in it, but to be honest, the new system is very user-friendly. And once you get going and you get your head through it, it's good. But uh, it does require every team to actively kind of go through the stuff and set up their accounts um, in there. You have the ability to charge your club dues through the system and it goes directly to your bank account. Um, you also have the ability, um, instead of us, we're not going to invoice you this year from the FIU standpoint, you can set it up so then that system invoices your school. So if you wish your school to pay for all of your um, uh, registrations, USA Rugby, all of those fees, our fees, the FIU fees, all of those are all be rolled into one and you can invoice the school for those components. So that'll improve administrative abilities on our side. So we're not chasing you guys around and around. Um, and then you can control how you want to dictate that. You can also set it up so your, you know, club bank account can pay for everybody. So if you charge dues that include SIP dues or your registration dues, your team's players' registration dues, you can set it up to do that. So there are um, a couple different kind of terms you want to use in that. And I'm happy to help people with that if they have issues of how to manage that. Um, but you really do need to go through and set it all up um and, and get that going so you need to link up your your bank accounts and so on if you need to get all that done if you want to set up manual play it defaults to player pays for the whole amount um so if you want to stay with that there's no problem but you still need to log in and set up yourself as an admin so the first step is to register with rugby explorer the next step is to email me um evan.hague at floridarugby.org and i will um, assign you guys to your club as an admin, and then you'll be able to go through and work through all these processes. There's tons of information in Kerry's email, um, along with a bunch of stuff from USA Rugby on there. Um, so I really, everybody really needs to do it. I've only set up UF, UCF, and Florida State. None of the other clubs have reached out to getting that. So we need the other four clubs to jump on that as soon as possible uh, to get all that right. registration. So yeah, that's the first couple uh, mocap section. So you said it automatically defaults to player pay. So that means that when they when the player goes to register, they're going to have to pay at the end, correct? Correct. Yes. And then the other so setting is is automatic deduction. Is that what the what's the, what's the one where the club the, account gets automatically deducted? That's called auto payment, and that's where you set up a club credit card, and then that whenever a player registers to your club, they will then go through and charge the account. Um, okay. And then the final one is manual payment, um, which basically is the invoice generation to where you do that. The auto payment, if depending upon your relationship with the school, they may be willing to put their club sports credit card on there. I can't imagine anybody would do that, but maybe they will um, from a club sports standpoint. But that's, yeah. So the, the manual one is 
the other option is where you produce an invoice for the school and then pay and then they'll go through and make that payment on their given card that they want. You're like, hey, we've got 35 players here that need to get paid and you can do that. So can you change, like, can you set it up for um, manual pay, do a big recruiting push, get a bunch of people registered, take that invoice into the university, get them to pay that, and then switch it over to auto pay? Can you switch the yeah. payment settings mid midway? It's a great question. Um, I haven't done it, but my understanding is you can switch it at any time between the two platforms. So you're not locked okay. in for the whole year for that. So the way it works is it's right now, everybody's default to player pay. But if you want to go to manual pay, then I'll take the payments from there to take that. And then I'm assuming you can then flip back to player pay, but you'll, those players won't become active, the manual payment ones, until you go through and make payment for them. Got it. So uh, from a rugby administration standpoint, there's kind of three ways we can kind of do this. One is where clubs don't include the registration cost in the dues. And it's on the players to register themselves, right? So that'd be the best way to do that is just pay or play, a player pay. Right. And then if you want to include the dues, include the registration costs in your dues, then you're better off setting up a club account. And that'd be easier. So that way, when you get a new kid, you, re you get them, they pay a bit or whatever. And then it's just automatically you can register them instead of. So this way, there's a bit more oversight from a club admin standpoint. It might be an easier way to run the club because you're not reliant on a you're not hurting cats all the time right but it does require more administrative oversight and administrative capacity Correct. for a club and then the other Correct. option and, is and, yeah and then the other one's just the manual uh, pay which is where typical we do the auto manual pay right which is where you can invoice correct correct so um my take right now is if you want to simplify dues, they can't play unless you pay your SIP dues, unless you pay your registration dues. Um, so if you want to make sure you get everybody paying your club dues, then I think the easiest way would be to tag on your whatever it is it costs you annually to register to be a part of the club. Um, I don't think from my club standpoint that I will be doing that, but if that would be from a compliance standpoint, if you're having problems with players paying their dues, and they're all over the place, that would be the best way to get it. They can't step on the field unless they're registered, and they wouldn't be registered until they played your club, club dues and all the other USA Rugby Associated fees and the FIU fees, all of those all wrapped into one. So there's two kind of ways of coming out of what you're talking about. So it's something that the clubs need to really think about um, of what they want. So it's a great tool if you're having problems having dues paid, but it's also a great tool on the flip side where you could do the manual payment and you could get new recruits in and at least get them out, uh, get them in the system um, at a low cost way. So uh, the options are all in the club's hands rather than where we had it in the past where we were trying to a la carte it for clubs. Um, and that made it really difficult for us administratively, particularly with every school's different system of setting up to do it. Um, and the fact that clubs weren't paying multiple years in a row, I just think it's time that the FIU moved on from invoicing them directly. I'm with you on that. So, so if you wanted to do pay or play, Right. And then you can actually, because right now, when kids go to register, typically last year when a player went to register, they're paying $35. This year, when yes. they go to register, it's most likely, it's at least going to be 70, most likely going to be 85. If I hear back from UNF that they want to go CRAA route, because uh, everyone else is leaning that direction. So 
if we go and we are uh, uh, fine with CRAA, there's $15 dues on top of it. So there's a $35 registration per player registration cost. There's a $35 FRU dues, which will be collected then as well. And there'll be the $15 CRAA cost. So there'll be $85 minimum when a player goes to register at the player pay setup. And then if you wanted to charge your dues at that point in time, and again, set up your bank account so that when Red Bay Floor collects that money and let's say, God almighty, I hope it's not this low, $100 are charging in dues, it should be more like $250, um, that money will immediately go back into the club account. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, pretty much within okay. two days. So we've got a bunch of registrations that came in through the adult system, and I was seeing it within two or three days into the bank account, into the union bank account. So yeah, the, the timeline is really fast. Does it go in? Oh, so you're talking about the union dues came in within two or three days to the union bank account. So it'd be correct. a similar so time be, frame yeah. into a club account. Correct. Correct. So what happens is uh, you use a system called Stripe um, and they charge the players. It's charged as 185 amount, but Stripe in the back end splits it into the different pools that it needs to go to and sends it to each one of those things. So you've got the USA Rugby one, that'll go off to their bank account. You got the National Council one. So if we join the CRA, that'll go to their bank account. You've got the FRU, that'll go to theirs. And then if you set up club dues, that'll go to theirs. So you can simplify the process for the players. So then they just know, hey, to register and play rugby, I have to pay 250 or I have to pay 300 or whatever it is to play rugby. This is the cost. And this is how you do it. Um, you go on to the system, you complete all this stuff, you do all that, and you've got a profile there to do that. So there is a tangible benefit for doing that. It is difficult, the college sphere, to get people to roll in and say they're going to pay $300. So, but it's just right. this, this management thing that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, do they still have that $10, that weekend rate too? They want to just test the waters? It's never been a weekend rate. It's always been an event rate. So it's only attached to if you run a tournament. Um, then that will, you'll get a weekend component around that. So that is my understanding of what how they set up the seventy-two hour fee. And, and or, that is in order to do that, be a, go ahead. And in, in order to do that, you have to get the event sanction, which is two hundred fifty dollars. One sixty, I thought, but it might be two fifty now. So I know you recently did it. So um, yes. So I, that's that, I that's the caveat with it. So yeah. So to do that, you have to get the event. Not really, an option for you to correct. The only other way that you might be able to get away with it um, is if you can set up a training only option where you don't add in. We don't add FIU dues on training only. I believe CRA doesn't add that. It's just a base USA Rugby amount, um, and then you just wouldn't add your club dues on top of that. So um, that would be my only other suggestion of trying to get it cheaper. Honestly just get them registered when you feel like they're ready to play rugby. Um, the sooner you get that, the better off it is. Get them to actually sign on the dotted line. It's a great way to do it. So, you know, you don't want to be giving away your services for free a lot of, a lot of the time with this stuff. Yeah, no, we definitely need to be thinking about a business mindset because that is what we're doing. We're actually running small businesses here, basically. So if you're not entrepreneurial and you, you can't just give away your time for free, uh, you, know, you do need to charge for your services. So, and it, you are providing services when people come and play. But. All right. Uh, another question for you is there are some clubs in the state that quote unquote, can't charge their, their student 
their sport club's offices won't let them charge for dues, right? The, basically, the rule says that you can't cut a player if they don't charge, if they don't pay dues, right? Which sometimes so get in, it's inferred as you can't charge dues. Correct. So what you can do, my theory would be that might be a really good option. If you say you can't charge dues, you just roll that into the registration cost, and then that's just the registration cost. So your club fee amount is just the part of the registration cost. Um, so that would be, that might be one of the, if you're one of those clubs and you're having trouble about how to skirt around or how to dance around that topic, because it's every, schools have funky rules from school to school, but it's all about the way that you can find your way around it. Um, that might be the easiest way to do it. You just add that in there. So then you just, they just have to register with USA Rugby and that's a requirement. Um, I'm pretty sure UF you, um, will cover all players' registration to the system. So you could build all of that in and then UF would just pay that invoice all at once on there. So, because that's a registration cost. So I don't know every be. school's ins and outs, but but that's that's the smartest way of trying to attack this type of stuff is think about outside the box and how you can do that because money is king with trying to make everything work easier for your club. So if you can do more travel, you can do all these things. This is the best way to make it work. Yeah. I'm not sure I would set up uh, like uh, manual pay and include your dues and then send that in to have your registered sport club allocations cover that. Cause that's kind of then having your, Sport club allocations cover player dues, which I think is a bit shady. But what I think you could do is just build in maybe travel dues, right? Like you can't not prevent a player from playing at home games, right? You can just you can just in, in, uh, interpret that as at home anybody can play. You just got to be with a member of the club, right? They have to pay the at least the U.S. registration because they have to do that to get onto the park. But you can't travel, right? Unless you pay the travel dues, which could be your yep. dire, you know, could just be your dues. So that's another way to skirt yeah, around could, this. Yep. And you can, you can add any other way of trying to, you know, your game cost is this, don't call it dues. This is what it costs us to run the game. So this is how you do it. You, you just got to use different name, uh, naming conventions on it. And I think that'll, that'll work it through. And, you know, like I've seen a whole bunch of things in my years here, you know, doing the college stuff. You know, you've seen it. So people have problems with it. I think they should reach out to either one of us. Most people like to talk to you, Kirk. So I think that's great. Um, I so can give them ideas a way around it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we've beat this dead horse. Let's talk about eligibility. So um, check your email soon. I will email at some point this eligibility flow chart I made. Okay. So you don't have to do forms, you don't have to submit a form. Uh, because we we set we set one up last year and no one did it right, no one could read it, uh, so I, it was not set up properly. So I take that on the chin. Uh, you don't need to pay for official transcripts. Unofficial transcripts are just fine. So there's a flow chart here, uh, and the way you read a flow chart is at the top is a question, right? And the question is, are you a full time student? And there's a red arrow to the left and a green arrow to the right. So basically, in this flow chart, if the answer is yes, you follow the green arrow. If the answer is no, you follow the red arrow. And then you just go down the flow chart and it'll tell you when you're ineligible and when you're eligible or when you're eligible, but you need a um, waiver and what you need to turn in to get that waiver. So um, do you want to run through eligibility real quick and talk about it? Or do you think we're good? Do you think most people know what's up? 
Well, hopefully most people know what's up. I know we've got um, at least one new coach. So I think uh, FAU will probably have to keep helping them a little bit through this stuff. Um, but I definitely, I definitely think people need to start thinking about it now. And, and, and part of the process is educating your players. So the sooner you know what's going on with them, the easier you can kind of work through it all and just understand the parameters in which Kirk is working through on this stuff. It's it, Once you learn it and know it, then it's pretty straightforward to understand what you got. And then if you run into it, no, you try to work out if there's a waiver around it. If there's not, you just have to have that conversation with that player that unfortunately they're not eligible to play. And it's usually these players that are outside the, the seven-year window um, that are not eligible to play or a player that's not in good standing with the school or not full-time. So they're the three big ones. Um, make sure your kids understand what's going on and get it done as soon as possible. Okay. Because you're going to need it for all four today for the winner-take-all sevens event. So at the FCC Correct. sevens, eligibility rosters will be mandatory. Um, it won't be mandatory for your warm-up match two weeks beforehand, but you want to submit it earlier well, and have us look at it, that's fine. Yeah, I would recommend that everybody gets it in for that warm-up one. That gives us two weeks to work through any problems. And that way you're not trying to, as a person who's been there on the ground, trying to manage a sevens tournament for you, Kirk, with teams without eligibility stuff sorted out, trying to do it the day of is yeah. a nightmare. And that's not fair on, fair on you in California, waking up at, six o'clock in the morning to deal with everybody's issues to deal with this. So people need to get their stuff in order. It's not difficult to fill it out. We're much later in the semester. So they should be submitting, you know, by October. Yeah. So it's in. So yeah. a couple of weeks back, then you got a lot of time to work through it all. I, I, I think teams need to be really smart with this because it's, it, we, we add a lot of undue burden on top of you. Um, and that's not fair. And I think teams need to take a lot more accountability to that. Yep, I'm sold. It's got to be due by October 31st. So it can be more than 12. You know, it might be in that group or whatever. Put it on that. Also get it to the registrar. Uh, and make sure you take in a gift card to the registrar, folks, because, you know, this is a pain in the ass that you're asking them to do. And a little bit of lubricant goes a long way. So, Agreed. Okay. Uh, all right. That's kind of most of it. We'll give a quick update on the video update. Uh, quick cut. Um, video update. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we're already asking folks to pay an additional 15 bucks per player. So I do want, I do want to find some sponsorships to help cover the cost. Cause I do think that if we were to get this off the ground, uh, it's going to be really beneficial for everybody, right? Because now what we're doing is we're really lowering the barrier for like visibility of our conference right a couple of great things about florida is the weather and the education is cheap and a lot of folks up in the midwest and the northeast you know would love to get out of their, out of their shitty weather and if they can come down to get a good get good get a good education and play some good rugby and their parents and their family can see it back home like, i don't know why they wouldn't you know like i think we'll we'll our rugby will benefit immensely if we can get this thing off the ground so if you guys have any leads on some like conference-wide sponsorships that'll help us with this uh, package, it'd be really beneficial for everybody. So, um, you know, we'll cover the plan again real quick. It's, you know, we'll have a, our own YouTube channel. Every game will be streamed to it. So when I, when I gave the schedule, I assigned kickoff times. Purpose of those kickoff times, so there's no two games going on at the same time. This way, we stream three matches on the weekend. The host teams 
can have commentators. I don't know if you watched the FCC final, but there are some commentators on the sideline, which made it pretty great. You know, like this is just a way to help build your media offerings to, you know, build your support clubs or your support groups and stuff. So I think this would be a fantastic addition to the, to the conference. Um, I actually saw Murray Alfred uh, at the sevens this past weekend. Uh, he was asking all sorts of questions about the FCC, how it's going. He is so, he loves what we're doing. Super invested, which is great. Even though he's now up at um, four. And I told him about this. He's like, Oh, that is incredible. He was like flabbergasted that we could potentially get this going. And yeah, I think it's great. You know, so if, if you guys get, have any options or ideas to help, that would be fantastic. But uh, did I miss anything on that update? No, I think, I think you're good. And, and that within that, there's options for teams to thinking about too, is that we can get the cost covered, then you can start making money off sponsors of selling sponsors to your YouTube channel, or you can just give your team people to donate money, the, the ability to, to be visual on that. So I, I think all of this stuff is great. And I think we really need to be taking this next step forward. Yeah. I mean, I think that would really set us apart for most conferences in the country. I don't think anybody's doing that. No one's streaming every one of their games. But. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we can do. So, again, uh, that's about everything I got on my list. You got any other topics, Evan? I got like one or two left. No, just the CRA. Um, stuff, but I know you've talked to all the clubs and doing good work on that. So um, I know we've got some stuff to sort out there. So the sooner we get that done, the better, and then we can get really moving on to think about our individual club stuff. Yep. So school has started back up. I think the majority of clubs will be starting, I think, in the ne you know, next week. So if you're not, you should be recruiting the crap out of any potential person you can see, right? You want to have the biggest numbers of the entire year at your first training session, that's, you never heard the term fake it till you make it. Like having a bunch of people there from day one helps you fake it until you make it. So have a shit ton of numbers, have a really good training program so that you flow seamlessly through it all. That's a player retention, right? The moment you get people out to practice, recruitment's over and now it's retention. So make sure you got good recruitment strategies. Basically, it's a numbers game. There are as many hooks as possible, cast the widest net possible, bring everybody in. Everyone's money is just as good as the next person. So it doesn't matter how great they are of an athlete. The more numbers you have, the better. And then have good retention strategies that mostly focus around having good messaging as a coach and then being efficient as presidents, right? You don't want to leave things to the last minute. You want to be far out in advance of things. Tell people what's coming down the pipeline, that type of stuff. Have streamlined communications. If it's by email or I, I hope you're not using Snapchat and these other things, but like if you have, um, what is that thing? What's it called? Um, What's that? Discord. Discord, I think is a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just a whole bunch of them. Whatever. But just when a coach is talking to the players, it shouldn't be a bunch of little communications. When the coach talks it sh or the admin talks, it needs to be once a week maybe twice and lots of information so, because what you don't want is your voice to get drowned out. So you should not be, you should not be communicating too much as the, as the person in charge, let the let the kids communicate all they want in their, in their unofficial channels, but the official one, be very efficient with it. Um, Cause that's just a good retention strategy because if not, your voice gets muted and people stop listening. No one listens. No one reads emails as it is. So no one's really going to listen to your communication as it is, but 
if, at least if you have account, you do it this way, you have accountability, meaning that you can then hold the players accountable. So um, do that. Make sure you've got good social medias. I've asked people what their social media numbers are. I think only two clubs gave me what their numbers are. That would help me with the ability to potentially get sponsorships for the video. So the more you build up your social media bases, again, the better it is for all of us. And then if you just sh- help me share those numbers um, or give me those numbers so I can then use those as a recruitment tool or um, yeah, that'd be great on my end. So that's about all I got. Evan? Nope, you nailed it all as usual. So um, looking forward to seeing everybody in the fall and hopefully it'll be a, a good fun year and we can kind of really just launch this thing forward. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a fantastic year. So, best of luck, everyone. Uh, and make so if you haven't already, communicate with the referee society about your preseason matches. Um, get in touch with Ross. Communicate early with them. Other than that, I think that's it. Have a great, great season, guys. Yeah.